minus 5, minus 4, minus 3, minus 2, X minus 1. Fire. Lights out, everybody. That creaking door. Dimension. Inner Sanctum Mystery. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Sci-Fi and Horror, brought to you by Dwayne Old Time Radio. Sci-Fi and Horror features some of the best programs from the golden age of radio, including X-1, Orbiter X, Dimension X, Slot X's, Lights Out, Ray Bradbury, Dark Fantasy, and many, many more. Before we start today's Sci-Fi and Horror thriller, if you enjoy what I'm doing, let me ask you to subscribe to my channel. Subscribing is 100% free, and you will receive notifications on new posts. Lastly, if you have a moment, please write a short one or two sentence review or give a rating on your preferred podcast service. A positive review or rating would help me out a lot. And now, on to the show. And again, thank you for your support. Hope you enjoy. X-1 is this week with two episodes. I have a lot of X-1, so sometimes we're going to hear two episodes. The first is the fourth episode from that series, Title Universe, which aired May 15, 1955. And last week I aired Dimension X, had their storyline, Knock, which aired in 1950. Five years later, X Minus One did the same story, Knock, and this one aired five years later, as I said, May 22, 1955. Countdown for Blast Off. X minus five, minus four, minus three, minus two, X minus one, fire! From the far horizons of the unknown come transcribed tales of new dimensions in time and space. These are stories of the future, adventures in which you'll live in a million could-be years on a thousand would-be worlds. The National Broadcasting Company presents X minus one. Tonight, universe. are just beginning to discover how boundless our universe really is. And yet as man reaches out to the stars, out toward infinity, ironically enough, he may be building himself a new kind of prison. What would it be like to live all your life in a world no larger, say, than a single gigantic rocket ship bound on an endless mercy? Hugh, look out! 
You all right? Yes. Just missed me. What was it? A mutant with a slingshot, I think. Must have dashed down that passageway. Want to go after it? No, we'd never catch it, Alan. Probably 12 decks above us by now. I didn't think they ever came down this far. Trolls usually get them before they reach this level. They get more daring at each generation. This one looked like a female. Uh, male or female, it might have killed us. I told you this trip was pure foolishness, climbing 24 <laughs> deck levels to hear a crazy old man rave. All right, Alan, we're almost there now. Let me see compartment X, 15, level 24. Yeah, this is the place. This area smells as if it hadn't been visited by a sanitation crew for generations. Mm. This part of the ship is almost deserted. Yes? Is this the compartment of John the Witness? Who are you? My name is Hugh Hoyland, cadet from Scientist Barracks. This is my friend Alan Mahoney. What do you want of John the Witness? Well, only to talk. Are you a believer in Jordan? Naturally. I have heard that there are those among the younger scientists who doubt the word of Jordan. To doubt is death. We're not heretics. Ah, enter. I've brought you a gift of tobacco. Grown on the richest level. Oh, it smells good. I assure you, it's of the best. Wait here. I'll get him. What a rat's nest. Well, what the devil do you think he can tell you? Alan, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Well? Are you John the Witness? I am. Good eating to you. I'm Hugh Hoyland. This is my friend, Alan Mahoney. What brings a gentleman of the scientist class to my humble compartment? I've heard that you and your parents before you have been keepers of the legend of the ship. Since Jordan gave the word. I'm anxious to hear the word as Jordan spoke it. Why? Because our young scientists, well, among them, there have been some who talk against the word. There are regulations against such heresy. Still, some of them say the ship has no purpose. They say that we are here accidentally, that we have no more grace in Jordan's eyes than the most deformed mutant who dwells in the highest level of the ship. What shall I say to you? Well, I wish to hear the word from the mouth of one who knows, in order that I may become more convinced. Sit. You have a gift for the witness? The finest tobacco. Good. I will dim the lights. Now pay close attention, for these are the words as my father's father's father gave them to his son's son's son. This is how the ship came into being, how our people were created. In the beginning there was only Jordan, thinking his lonely thoughts. Out of his thoughts came a vision. Out of the vision came a planning, and out of the planning came decision. Jordan's hand was lifted, and the ship was born. Mile after mile of good compartments, tank after tank for golden corn, ladder and passage, door and locker fit for the needs of the yet unborn. He looked on his work and found it pleasing, meet for a race that was yet to be. He thought of man, and man came into being. Then Jordan checked his thoughts and searched for a key. 
Man untamed would shame his maker. Man unruled would spoil the plan. So Jordan made the regulations and order came to the works of man. A crew he created to work at their stations, scientists to guide the plan. Over them all he created captain, made him judge of the race of man. Thus it was in the golden age. These are the true words? As my father's father taught them. But what are the strange beast-like people on the upper levels of the ship? Surely Jordan did not create them. Jordan is perfect. All below him lack perfection. You have heard of the legend of Huff? I have heard that he mutinied against Jordan. Darkness swallowed the ways of virtue. Sin prevailed upon the ship. And before wisdom prevailed and the bodies of Huff and his followers were fed into the converter... Some of the rebels escaped and lived to father the mutants. They are tainted with the sins of their fathers. Witness, one more question. Speak. What is the ship? The ship is a great sphere, 25 kilometers wide and 100 levels deep. I know that, but the upper levels... Regulations forbid us to venture into the upper levels, but it is said that beyond the levels of the mutants lies the forbidden place... Where Jordan's spirit prevails. So I've heard, yet something troubles me. Something which prompted my coming here. Yes, my son. What lies beyond the ship? What? What lies beyond the ship? This is heresy. Answer me. I will not permit such talk. The ship is complete. The ship is universal. The ship is everywhere. The, the ship is endless. Your the mutterings is... are those of a frightened old man. No. They answer nothing. You, you question the word. I think you lie. Hear me. Mr. Hoyland, for what you have already said, I can have your body fed into the converter. Your soul launched on the endless trip. You threaten me. You, for Jordan's sake. Do you think I fear this dried fig of a man? You! Sir, my friend is impetuous. He, he does not understand. I might be persuaded to forget a substantial gift. Why, you pig! You! Alan, come on. The sight of this so-called holy man offends me. No! You shall not leave. Don't try to frighten me with that gun, old man. Remain where you are, heretic. I warn you, put down that gun. No, 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 closer. Drop it. Very well, then. Death to the heretic. Alan, get him. Alan. He's not breathing. Is he dead? I, I, I don't know. Come on, Hugh, we've got to get out of here. Right. We can't go back. They'd feed us into the converter before we could even... What's that? An alarm. That old woman must have turned it in. Come on, Alan. The patrol will be here in no time. Where can we go? Yes, where, where? The upper levels. No, the mutants. We'll have to take our chances. Come on, Alan. Let's go. Listen, that's the patrol. Come on, we've got to climb. There's a hatchway. Tom, the corridor. Right, quickly, oh, quickly. Oh, we fire. Alan, Alan, up ladder. Up. far away from the outside wall. Uh, judging by the <sighs> slope of the deck. About two miles. Well, um, let's try this passageway here. You hadn't asked him that stupid question. Now, there's no use going over that. But why did you do it? I've been thinking about it for a long time. 
He began to give me those stupid pat answers. Well, I just saw red, I guess. Who are you to question the ways of Jordan? When you asked me to go with you to visit the witness, I... I thought you wanted spiritual help. I, I never I'm dreamed... I'm sorry, Alan. I'm sorry. I couldn't foresee this. Wait. Wait a minute. What? I... I saw something move. Where? Near that bulkhead. I don't see anything. Maybe my eyes are going bad. <laughs> Listen! You behind us! Alan, look out! What are you? Uh, 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 that knife. Keep away from me, you. Right, Bobo, don't kill him. Not yet. Who are you? You must forgive my friend Bobo. Like so many of my people, he's rather impetuous where members of the so-called super race are concerned. Who are you? What place is this? As you can guess, from my leg. I'm a mutant. Mutant? Where? Where is Alan? Your friend is dead. Dead? I was not able to restrain my people in time to save him. Why don't you destroy me and get it over with? We do not kill for pleasure, Mr. Harland. Only when necessary. You know my name? I read your identification tag. Who are you? Mutants can't read. My name is Gregory. Gregory? I'm a leader of my people. You see, although we are unfortunate in our heredity, Mr. Harland, many of us are quite intelligent. Why do you live like animals? We'd rather live like free animals than like regimented slaves, as you do. I've heard you practice cannibalism. Undoubtedly, you hear many things about us. You turn your head. Why? That... that monster. I've never seen a creature like him. Bobo is an unfortunate. He was born without the power of speech. How can you tolerate such a monstrosity? We've learned to live with difference. If we began to destroy our imperfects as you do on the lower levels, there would soon be no one left. It violates the regulations. The word of Jordan you states know, Mr. Highland, that... Your people are really quite primitive and barbaric. You dare say that to me. I dare say a good deal more. Let us go to my compartment and speak further. I'm always interested in information on the lower levels. I'll give you no information. Bobo. No. Mr. Hoyland in my cabin, please. No. No. I would advise you to go quietly, Mr. Hoyland. Bobo has a hatred of superior beings, which is unfortunate, but quite understandable. Proceed. Enter, Mr. Hoyland. This is where you live? Yes. But you have books. Stolen from your libraries, Mr. Harland. Compton's Astrophysics, Philosophy of Interstellar Navigation, Celestial Mechanics. You've read these? Most of them. I had no idea that you... Why did you bring me here? What do you intend to do? Do you believe in Jordan, Mr. Harland? There is no other belief. And the trip. I suppose you believe in the trip, too. What else is there to believe? When you die, your remains are fed to the converter and your soul makes the trip. And where does the trip take you? Why, to Centaurus, of course. Ah. And where or what is Centaurus? Centaurus is... Mind you, I'm just telling you the orthodox answer. Centaurus is where you arrive when you've made the trip. A place where everybody is happy and where there's always good eating. And you believe this? 
Well, the peasants believe it literally, but many of the younger scientists, like myself, know it is figurative and symbolic. Why do you ask? Did it ever occur to you, Mr. Hoyland, that the trip is exactly what your peasants believe it is? What? And that the ship and all the crew were actually going somewhere, moving? ship can't go anywhere. It already is everywhere. Imagine a place bigger than the ship. Much bigger? bigger. With a ship inside it. Moving inside it. There can't be any place bigger than the ship. There just wouldn't be any place for it to be. Oh, for half's sake, listen. You know the lowest level? Of course. If you started digging a hole in the lowest level, where would that hole go? It's forbidden to think such thoughts. Where would it go? I can't think about it. Bobo. <laughs> We're going to take Mr. Hoyland to the place. No. Where are we going? To the top level. But that's certain death. Nonsense. I've been there a thousand times. Come along. No, I won't. I won't. You can't make me. I think we can. (laughs) Please. Now, shall we proceed peacefully or shall I have Bobo persuade you? Open the door, Bobo. Inside. place is this? This, Mr. Hoyland, is the main control room. Mr. Hoyland, you're trembling. It isn't true. No. No, there's no such place except in mythology. Ah, you younger men are so wise, Mr. Hoyland, except for one thing. This happens to be the main control room of the ship. Main control? But it's just a huge room with an instrument panel. And what did you expect? How do you know this is the main control room? See these instruments? Using them, the navigator, many hundreds of years ago, actually steered the ship on its voyage. I don't understand. I didn't suppose you would. Sit down. Very well. Look up. What do you see? A huge shield. Watch it for one moment, Mr. Hoyland. You're going to see something that few of us have ever been privileged to witness. What are you doing? I'm dimming the lights. Don't be frightened. Keep your eyes focused on the shield above us. Ready? It's sliding back. Coast of Jordan. Well? What am I seeing? The universe, Mr. Hoyland. The universe in all its beauty. The stars, the planets, the suns and moons and constellations. No. No, it can't be. The ship is the universe... There is nothing but the ship. Ah, but there it is. You see it before your eyes spread out like a canopy of glory. Do you still deny it? Answer me, Mr. Hoyland. Do you deny it? No. No, I can't deny it. They've lied. They lied to all of us. Good. showed this to others of your people whom we captured, and though they saw it before their very eyes, they would not believe it. Please. Please tell me all about it. Tell me the truth about the ship and about the universe. What are these things? How did this come about? Many thousands of years ago, on a planet like those you have just seen, a planet called Earth, a scientist named Jordan decided to build a ship that would carry men from one planet to another. For many years, Jordan and thousands of others studied and planned. And when they were finished, 
They built the ship. A ship so large that it had to be assembled in its own orbit beyond a place called the moon. Sixty years it took them to construct. And when it was finished, a whole new science had been conceived. Then the trip was begun. The trip that was to land a colony of Earthmen on a far-off planet called Centaurus. Millions of light years beyond the furthest planet ever reached before. How do you know these things? Among my books are the log which Jordan himself kept and the records of the journey for the first 40 years. What happened? There was a mutiny. A man named Hath led a rebellion of those who wanted to turn back. In the struggle, the navigators were killed. and The crew fell into a state of anarchy. In the years to follow, small groups of men tried to organize the ship for navigation, and each time they failed. Finally, the whole idea was abandoned. And so, for centuries, we have swung in space, unmanned, undirected, living in a lost world of our own making, without purpose, without direction. Why have you told me this? Can't you guess? You want to finish the trip. Yes. But I can't. You can't? Look at me, Mr. Hoyland. You see, a mutant. A man with a twisted leg. My people are outcasts, condemned to death if we so much as set foot in the lower levels of the ship. The main drive is in the lower levels where my people are forbidden to go. Oh. Would mean that both our people would have to work together. Our differences encouraged rather than denied. All right. I'll see the captain himself. I have an uncle on the central board. I'll tell him what I've seen here. And do you think he'll believe you? Send one of your people with me. That's asking a good deal. I'm risking a good deal by going back. Very well. Bobo will go with you. Bobo? He can't talk. There will be no need for talk. I will write a message guaranteeing safe conduct for a group of unarmed scientists to visit the main control room. Bobo will take you safely through our territory. What happens when you reach your own level is up to you. Yes, what? You. Quick, Uncle, let us in. Hey, but this, this mutant. He's harmless. Please, Uncle, please. Now, what is this? You want it for... I know all about that. Uncle, listen. I must see the captain. The captain? Are, are you mad? Uncle, you're a council member. You can get me to see He'll him. He'll kill you. You want it for heresy. I don't care. I must speak with the captain. Now, Uncle, you're close to him. You can arrange it. I, I don't understand. Listen you. to me. The ship is moving. I can prove it. Do you understand? There is a purpose in the ship. I don't understand what you're babbling about. Now, never mind. Just talk to the captain. Tell him I have information of tremendous importance. Tell him I've arranged a truce with the mutants. Truce? Here. Show him this paper. Signed by their leader. Do it, Uncle, for my sake. I don't know what... Uncle, please, if I'm to die, let this be my last request to you. Very well. I'll speak to the captain. <laughs> Mr. Hoyland, that you saw this with your own eyes? I swear it, Captain. I swear it on the word of Jordan. 
Hmm. Uh, let me see the paper again. Commander Erst, what do you think? I don't know, sir. It might be a trick. I guarantee you safe conduct. If these things are as Mr. Hoyland reports them, it would pay to risk a few lives. A man is a convicted heretic. Still, we must not discount his word. He has a safe conduct, and the mutant risked its life coming with him. I think we might investigate. Captain, you mean you will do it? I will have an expedition outfitted. Dismissed, Mr. Hoyland. Thank you, sir. Captain, do Commander you... Earth. Sir. You will make the necessary arrangements for an expedition. And I trust you understand. Perfectly, sir. Perfectly. <laughs> Lieutenant. Mr. Hoyland. Hey, you better hurt your men here. This is the spot. Patrol! Halt! Well, I see no welcoming party of mutants. Oh, there'll be none. Their leader will meet you inside the main control room. You don't say. Just where is this main control room? Beyond that door. I see. All right, men. Ready up. Lieutenant. Why do you ready arms? In case of ambush. Ambush? Now, wait a minute, Lieutenant. What are those men doing with that ray gun? Just aiming it at the door. Are you mad? No, Mr. Hoyland, but most certainly you are to think that we could be lured up here to be slaughtered with a fantastic story about some mythical control room. Guns ready, Lieutenant, sir. Lieutenant, I warn you, these people have acted in good faith. You can't break that faith. Oh, mutant! Come out! For Jordan's sake, Hold Lieutenant! It. Mutant! Open the door! Please, Jordan. Don't let anything happen. Don't let... Oh, this opening. Ready, men. Someone's coming out. Steady. Gregory, stay back! Fire! You fools! You've killed him! Here come the rest of them. Fire! Fire! That should teach him a lesson they won't forget. All right, men, inside the room. Hello, Harlan. You're under arrest as a conspirator in this ambush. Ambush, you fool. You blind, stupid fool. All right, that'll be enough. You've been inside this place before? Yes. What's this machinery? These are the controls he would have used to steer the ship. Gone out of his mind, Lieutenant. Steer the ship? Who? The leader, the one you killed. <laughs> this ugly mutant? This ugly mutant. Happened to be a man of true genius. Why, you're mad. Am I? Lieutenant, this man had a vision which would have saved you, but you chose to kill him because you couldn't stand the sight of his difference from you. Shut up, Highland. Don't listen to a man. You can't shut your eyes and you can't shut your minds and you can't shut your ears to this. The rope's moving back. Yes, look. Let the vision of this confound your ignorance and blind your eyes. This is the heritage of stars and open skies for which men have yearned for centuries. Try to destroy this, and you will only destroy yourselves. Death to the heritage. I... 
say to you that you can't keep this from our people? They, they will seek it out. The ship will be manned, and the ship will be steered, and there will be freedom, purpose, and respect for ourselves. This is your heritage. Look, look upon the universe. Kill him. Minus One has just brought you Universe, a story written by Robert Heinlein and adapted for radio by George Lefferts. Heard in the cast were Donald Buca as Hugh, Peter Capel as Gregory, Bill Griffiths as Alan, Abby Lewis as the woman, Edgar Staley as the witness, Jason Johnson as the uncle, John Seymour as the captain, and Ian Martin as the lieutenant. Your announcer is Fred Collins. X-1 is directed by Fred Way and is a transcribed NBC Radio Network production. And now, next week, next week we have a strange story to tell. A sweet, blood-curdling little story that is really only two sentences long. The last man on earth sat alone in a room. And then there was a knock on the door. What knocked on that door? You'll find out next week on X minus one. When you buy United States savings bonds, you help to build your own future security. Here's an opportunity to save systematically for long-range personal objectives. So invest in United States savings bonds. Now follow the Abbots to mystery and adventure over most NBC radio stations. Countdown for blastoff. X minus 5, minus 4, minus 3, minus 2, X minus 1, fire! From the far horizons of the unknown come transcribed tales of new dimensions in time and space. These are stories of the future, adventures in which you'll live in a million could-be years on a thousand would-be worlds. The National Broadcasting Company presents X minus one. Tonight, the science fiction classic, Knock, by Frederick Brown. Tonight, we have a strange story to tell. A sweet, blood-curdling little story that is really only two sentences long. The last man on earth sat alone in a room. There was a knock at the door. What's that? Good morning, man. What? 
Who are you? You have regained consciousness. Who are you? I am Zan. I'm still asleep, I must be. You are not asleep. Maybe if I close my eyes, it'll go away. I will not go away, man. No. I guess I'm awake. Who... What are you? I am a Zan. What's that? A Zan is intelligent life. Look, I don't... What happened? Where are you from? From planet seven in the third galaxy in the fourth quadrant. Where? It is not necessary to repeat information which is correct in the original statement. Planet seven, but... You mean I'm not on Earth? You are still on your planet. What are you doing here? The Zans have annexed your world. You mean you've conquered Earth? Yes, that is correct. We will now prepare your planet for habitation by the Zan. How about the people? What about the population of the world? You are the population of the world. Hmm? Now, wait a minute. I, I can't... I don't understand what's happened. The Zan have landed on your planet. We have removed the lower life forms to prepare for colonization by the Zan. When did all this happen? Two days ago. You have been unconscious until now. You really mean I'm the last man on Earth? That is correct. Identify yourself now. What? Kindly provide data as to your position in the elementary social order of your planet. Oh. I'm uh, Walter Phelan, Associate Professor of Anthropology at Nathan University. How do you speak English? We have deciphered your written and recorded records. It is not difficult to reconstruct your language. It is a primary type of auditory communication. Oh. Is there anything you want to complete your natural habitat? You mean I'm a prisoner? That is correct. What would you want further in your room? Do I have to stay here? Yes. The rest of my life? Forever. Then you better bring me my books. That uh, will be done. That's rather considerate of you. You know, I've got to call you something. Do you mind if I call you George? It is immaterial. I will be back, Associate Professor of Anthropology. Oh, that's all right, George. Just uh, call me Walter. Very well, Walter. I will be back with your books. All right, George. I'll be seeing you around. You will not be around, Walter. You will be here. George. Hello, Walter. Uh, wait a minute, you're not George. You're different somehow. It makes no difference. The Zan are many, and they are one. Then I'll call you George, too. I'll call you all George. Uh, what can I do for you? Point one. You will please henceforth sit with your chair facing the other way. Uh-huh, I thought so, George. That plain wall is different from the other side, isn't it? That is correct. It is transparent. Yeah, that's what I thought. I'm in a zoo, right? That is correct. How many other animals do you have in the zoo, George? 216. <laughs> Not complete, George. Even a Bush League zoo could beat that. Did you just uh, pick at random? Yes. All species would have been too many. Male and female, each of 108 kinds. Male and female, huh? Of uh, all the animals? There is a female of your species among the collection. Mm, anyone I know? Uh, well, never mind. It doesn't matter anyway. Well, uh, what do you feed us all, eh? For carnivorous species, we make synthetics. The flora was not hurt by the vibrations which destroyed animal life. Oh, nice for the flora. Well, George, you started out with point one. I deduce there is a point two kicking around somewhere. What is it? Something we do not understand. Oh? Two of the other animals sleep and do not wake. They are cold. 
Don't worry, George. It happens in the best regulated zoos. What is wrong with them, Walter? Nothing much. They're just dead. Dead? Mm Mm-hmm. That means stopped. But nothing stopped them. Each was alone. Well, maybe they just died of old age. Old age? I do not understand. You don't? How old are you, George? Your planet went around the sun about 7,000 times since I was born. 7,000 years? Yes, I am still young. Yeah, babe in arms. Look, George, you've got something to learn about this planet you've hijacked. Here on Earth, we've got somebody you don't know where you come from. An old man with a beard and an hourglass and a scythe. Your vibrations didn't kill him. What is he? Oh, old man death. Down here, our people and animals live until somebody, the Grim Reaper, stops them. He will stop more? He gets us all, George. With your lifespan, it won't seem like a minute and we'll all be gone. (laughs) Looks like you made a mistake, George. And I don't think there's much you can do about it. That is not correct. The Zan is a logical being. We will take action. Well, George, uh, where are you taking me? We will be there shortly. We will bring your books and your chair. You mean my lease is up? I, I do not understand. It's moving day? That is correct. We are here now. You will live here now, Walter. It is a larger room. Well, be it ever so humble, there's no place like home. Go inside. Oh, be careful with those books, George. Don't lose my... Oh, uh, excuse me. Who, who are you? What are you doing here? I guess George didn't explain. Uh, George uh, tries to be polite, but he hasn't quite caught on yet. I'm Walter Phelan. My name is Grace Evans, Mr. Phelan. What's all this about? Why did they bring me here? I think I know why, but uh, let's go back a bit. Do you know just what has happened otherwise? No, not exactly. Well, I've been talking to George. George? Well, that's what I call them, all of them. There's no way to tell them apart anyway. There aren't many of them here yet. They come from outside the solar system, sort of an advanced scouting party. I saw their spaceship. It's as big as a mountain. Yeah, they're moving in on us. They cleaned off the Earth with some kind of vibration. It destroys all sorts of animal life. I don't know whether they did it all at once or if they had to circle the Earth a few times, but they killed everybody. No. I was afraid The cheerful note is that you and I and uh, 200-odd other animals were picked up beforehand as specimens for the zoo. You do know this is a zoo, don't you? I suspected it. But I don't remember anything about being captured. I just woke up here. My hunch is they used the vibrations just low enough to knock us all out. And then they cruised around, picking up samples at random. When they were all set, they turned the juice on full blast. How terrible. Yeah, well, they solved a lot of problems for us. Housing shortage, wars, even the atomic bomb. I don't suppose the human race, you and I, have to worry about anything now. It's awful. Only they made a mistake. They underestimated us. I don't understand. (laughs) They thought we were immortal. That we were what? Immortal, like they are. Oh, they can be killed, but the Zans don't know what natural death is. They didn't know anyway until they lost two of us yesterday. You mean there are more than two of us? Oh, not more of our species, no. These were merely fellow animals, a rabbit and a canary. And by the Zan's way of figuring time, the rest of us are only good for a few minutes apiece. It's a joke on them. They figured they had permanent specimens here in the zoo. Well, didn't they even know we'd all die eventually? I don't think so. Uh, George, that is the, the second Zan I saw, 
told me he was 7,000 years old, and he's young by their standards. When they learned how quickly we die, they, they were practically shocked to the core, if they have cores. How can you talk that way about it? Academic detachment. I learned it at faculty tees. At any rate, they've decided to reorganize their zoo. Two by two. What, are they going to keep us locked up together in this one little room? Yeah, I'm afraid so. There's plenty of furniture, though, and George promised to bring me my chair. We've got to do something. Why? Well, I don't know. It just just seems to me we owe it to the human race to do something. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, perhaps you have a suggestion? There must be some way. They can be killed, you said. Oh, yes, sir. I've been studying them. They look horribly different, but I think they have about the same metabolic and digestive system as we. I think that anything that would kill one of us would kill one of them. But you said 7,000 years. I I think I figured it out. Now, George cut his, uh, I suppose you'd call it his hand, when he brought in my books. Started to bleed, red blood. But I could see the cut closing as he stood there. By the time he left, it was healed. I don't understand. Well, you see... Whatever factor there is in man that makes him grow old is missing in the Zan. Their regenerative powers must be unlimited. They just don't wear out. They go on and on until they're stopped. Suppose we killed one. There must be some way. What would be the use? They wouldn't even punish us. They'd just give us our food through a trap door and put up a sign saying, Beware of the man. Dangerous. I don't think they'll even have to bother in your case. (laughs) I don't see anything funny. I'm sorry. It just reminds me of Martha. Martha? My wife. She died two years ago. I'm, I'm sorry. Well, not at all. It was a pleasure. Uh, that'll be George with my books. Come in. Hello, George. Hello, Walter. Point one. I have brought your books. Mm-hmm. Point one, eh? Uh, what else is on your mind? Another creature sleeps and will not wake. Oh? A small feathered one called a duck. Well, it happens, George. I warned you. Old man death, the grim reaper. I told you about him. Walter, the council of Zan has met. It has been decided logically that a... No life form can withstand the full strength vibrations with which we cleared your planet. Therefore, the Grim Reaper you spoke of does not exist. Pretty neat, George. What's B? B, the only intelligent life to escape the vibrations, is you. Therefore, the logical conclusion is you are stopping these animals by some means unknown to us. George, you are off your trolley. You will tell me now how this is done. You've got me. Yes, we have. It is necessary to save the remaining specimens as long as possible. If we do not get the information, we may be forced to dispense with your species entirely. This means you, Walter, and the female. Now, uh, hold on, George. Don't go off half-cocked. Let me take a look at these animals that won't wake up. I will take you there now. Go first, Walter. After you, my dear George. You should have got him in the winter, George. The fur's worth more then. It's ermine. This is the reptile cage. Mm-hmm. Here are the ducks. That is the male. The female has been stopped. Yeah, lucky girl. What's the matter, fellow? Lonely? Hmm? Walter, you will tell me how you stopped the female duck. Well, you got me, George. I didn't do it. Maybe she died of the Dutch elm blight. Walter, you are not being logical. We have concluded you are stopping these animals. Tell us now how it is done. I've told you, George, I haven't the foggiest notion. Very well, we will have to take further action. What are you going to do, George? We will go back now to your room. What happened, Mr. Phelan? Uh, You might call me Walter. After all, George does. 
And we have more in common. Please, what happened? Oh, just a duck, a dead duck. George thinks I killed her by remote control. He wants me to tell him how. Did you? Look, I'm just an ordinary anthropologist. There's no telling what those animals died of. Just natural causes. But George can't see it that way. He thinks I'm holding out on him. Good. Hmm, what? At least we can get back at them some way. At least we can do something to them. Well, why? After all, George isn't a bad fellow. If you like an ant mentality. How can you say that? They murdered the whole and the human race. I suppose so, but uh, we can't change that now, so why think about it? We just can't sit here and do nothing. I fail to see how we can do anything else. But at least we could be fighting. I can't see the virtue in that. I was more or less content with my books, and we've got George to talk to. Of all the men in the world they had to pick, don't you want to fight back? Don't you want to keep on fighting to the end? It hadn't occurred to me. But we've got to, Walter. Why? I can't really explain it, but... Walter, if there was any good in man, it was that he kept on struggling against nature and, in the end, even against himself. He kept on fighting for what he thought was right, and we're all that's left. Walter, we we just can't end by giving up. We've got to keep on fighting. You know, you do remind me of Martha. There isn't much left for us. We could beat them in this one small thing. We can pretend there's a secret about death. We could refuse to tell them anything. Well, there isn't anything to tell. But they don't know that. Promise me you won't give in. Well, I suppose the worst they can do is kill us. All right, Miss Evans. Hello, George. Hello, Walter. Now you will tell us how these animals are stopped. George, this may come as a shock to you, but I've decided not to tell you. Why? Oh, a romantic attachment to lost causes. My grandfather was a Confederate officer. Walter, you are not being logical. Neither was my grandfather. He charged a Yankee battery with one round of ammunition and a corncob pipe. You are not logical, but that is expected in lower life forms. You will come with me now, Walter. Where are you taking him? To the second level. Go now, Walter. He won't tell them. I can't guarantee anything, but as of now, I don't intend to. We've got to fight, Walter. Remember that. We've got to go out fighting. Yes. Yes, I think you're right. Go now, Walter. Goodbye. It's uh, been a pleasure, Miss Evans. I am waiting. Go now, Walter. After you, my dear George. You will tell us now, Walter. That was the first level of vibration. There are many more. However, we have calculated that none of them exceed your threshold of unconsciousness. Very clever, George. Of course. You will tell us now, how do you stop these animals? You will tell us now? As of now, no. However, I'm not very brave if that encourages you, George. You are not being logical, Walter. You're telling me. We will now use vibration level two. (laughs) Walter. Walter, you are still conscious. Let me alone, George. You will tell us now. You will tell us now how you stop the animals. Let me alone. Let me alone. We have had vibration levels one and two. There are still 15 more before your threshold of unconsciousness. No, no, no. Let me alone. Walter, listen to me. Another creature sleeps and will not wake. We must know now. It's tough. You better start vibrating again, George. No. What? It would not be logical. We have calculated that no further level of vibration will overcome your irrational psychological block. We conclude you will not tell. 
And let me go? That is correct. Oh, that's uh, real nice of you, George. I appreciate it. We have calculated that the resistance of the female of your species will be lower. We will now place her under the vibrations. No, no, no George, George, you can't do that. No, listen, George. George, there is no secret. Can you understand that? There is no secret. Those animals died from natural causes. I'm telling you the truth. That is not a logical answer. We will get the woman. I've told you the truth. Can't you understand? We must know now. The female animal cage next to the duck has been stopped. We must preserve the survivor. But the animal... Animal next to the duck? We will bring the woman here. She will tell us after the vibration. No, no, no. no. Listen, George. You want the truth? You want to know how to save the mates of the animals that have been stopped? You will tell us now? Yes, yes, I'll tell you now. I, I give up. But you've got to promise to leave the woman alone. You promise, George? If we receive the answer from you, Walter, there will be no further need for the vibrations. Well, I guess that'll have to do. All right. All right. Take me to that stopped animal. I'll tell you how to save the mate. Very well, Walter. You are being logical now. We will go. Walter, are you all right? Just uh, let me catch my breath a minute. What did they do? What happened? After a while, I told them what they wanted to know. Oh, no. As uh, George pointed out, it seemed to be the logical thing at the time. But you promised. I know. It was our last chance to beat them on even one little thing. Perhaps. You mind if I sit down? You gave up. I suppose you could call it that. I'm very tired. They've beaten us completely then. There isn't even anything we can do. The last of the human race and we give up. We don't even die fighting. Oh, it isn't that bad. Uh, Something might turn up. What did you call me? Uh, uh, Huh? No, I, I must have said Martha. Sorry, she was my wife. She died two years ago. What were you saying? Nothing, nothing. It doesn't matter. It's too late. It's too late for the whole human race. What now, George? The council of the Zan has met. No? Something wrong, George? The Zan has been stopped. What? The Zan is dead? That is correct. Well, you didn't believe me, George. But you can die. You can really die. You'll have to get used to that if you're going to stay here. The council has decided. A, you have in some way stopped this Zan. B, you and the woman must be eliminated. Walter. No, no, you've got it wrong, George. The council has decided. This time you will have the full vibration. This time? Walter, what did they do to you? Oh, they, uh, they have a rather effective third degree. They tortured you, Walter? Yes. And I... I thought... Walter, it was all my fault. I wouldn't even have tried without you. I suppose we have a last chance now to to end with some dignity. I think you're a very brave man, Walter. No, not very. There isn't much else to do. Do we go now, George? Now, Walter. Wait. Hmm? What's that? I have been told another Zan has died. Uh, Now, now will you believe me? Council of the Zan meets now. Two gone already, and you were with me, George. You know I didn't kill this one. What stopped him then? I told you, it's old man death. You came to the wrong planet, George. Your immortality doesn't go down here. He can stop you, but you can't stop him. And you'll all die if you stick around. What now? The council has decided. This is a place of death. We will leave your planet. Leave? You mean you're giving up? It is not safe for the Zan. 
Walter, they're leaving. They're really going. Come on, then, George. And uh, don't hurry back. It would not be logical to do so. We are leaving the Earth now. Goodbye, Walter. Goodbye, George. Wonderful to feel the sun and the wind again. Yeah, they've closed the hatches. Walter, is it safe for us to be out here? Yes, they're not interested in us any longer. They only want to get away. And I want to see this, Grace. The Zan leaving Earth forever. They're blasting off. There they go. Yes, it's all over now. Well, I suppose we might as well go back in. I, I still don't understand. Walter, what made them go? <laughs> well, I, just, uh, I just told them the facts of life. Of death, you mean? No, no, of life. After all, I thought George was old enough to know. At 7,000 years, he was going to be a pretty big boy. I wish you'd stop joking and tell me what happened. Look out for the step. Well, uh, you remember when the first animals died? The rabbit and the duck? Yeah, and their mates just started to pine and waste away? yes. Well, that worried the Zan. They wanted to keep the last specimens alive if they could. So, finally, I broke down and told them about affection. Affection? Yes. And then I introduced Donald. Donald? Who's that? Here we are. Grace, meet Donald. Oh, Walter, please. What does affection have to do with it? That's what the Zan wanted to know. I told him it was love that made the world go round. But having lost his mate, Donald would die immediately unless he had affection and constant petting. Petting? Hmm? I even showed him how. Here, fella, come on. Come here. I held Donald in my arms, and I petted him a while. Then I let the Zan take over with the animal in the next cage. What animal? Take a look. You mean this cage? Mm -hmm. Watch out. Don't go too close. Walter, it's a rattlesnake. Yes. Their metabolism made it impossible for them to die of old age, but I had a hunch that they could be poisoned. Then it was the snake that killed the two Zan. Mm-hmm. They never even knew what bit them. Then you outwitted them, Walter. Well, I, I suppose... I you... thought you'd just given up. Oh, Walter, I'm so ashamed. You don't have to be. I had given up. I probably wouldn't have fought if you hadn't pushed me. Well, I... Well, we've got a world to plan. A new world, Grace. I know. We'll have to decide which animals to let out of the zoo and which ones would be safer to keep in. But first, there's a bigger problem. What's that? The human race. Oh. We've got to make a decision about that. Pretty important one. Yes, but... It's been a nice race, even if nobody won it. Of course, it may go backward for a while until it gets its breath, but we can save the books and all the most important things and get it started ahead once more. No! It's the Garden of Eden all over again. Uh, But Eve... You'll have to watch out for that snake. Now, don't. Don't be ridiculous, Walter. You know, funny, you even blush like Martha. Only uh, you're stronger than she was. Prettier, too. I, I, I wish you'd forget about Martha. I think I will, my dear. If you'll give me time. Now, Walter Phelan, you listen to me. If you think for one minute that I... That I we thought could... it would never happen to me again. But it is love that makes the world go round. So, Grace, if you could only... No! I wouldn't marry you if 
If he were the last man on earth. But that's exactly what I am. I don't care. I don't even want to talk about it. I'm going out. All right, my dear, but think it over. And please come back. You see, I told you. It wasn't really so horrible, our story. Remember how it goes? The last man on earth sat alone in a room. And then there was a knock on the door. Come in. Come in, Grace, my dear. You see, it wasn't horrible at all. In just a moment, a word about next week's adventure. Tonight, by transcription, X-1 has brought you Knock by Frederick Brown, adapted for radio by Ernest Kinoy. Featured in the cast were Alex Scorby as Walter, Laurie March as Grace, and Louis Van Ruten as the Zan. X-1 was directed by Fred Way and is an NBC Radio Network production. Now, next week. A strange and chilling story from the Bureau of Missing Persons. The story of what occurred when they accidentally intercepted a shortwave message. A cry for help from a missing atomic scientist who told them the fantastic story that he was now the man in the moon. How did it happen? You'll hear next week at X minus one. Join the Abbots on another baffling mystery tonight over most NBC radio stations. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy what I'm doing, I ask you to please subscribe to my channel or channels. Well, hope you enjoyed, and until next time, stay safe, wish you well, peace.